Hello guys and welcome to Happy Single Mums. Are you really just going to copy everything I'm saying? Yes. <laughs> Hello guys and welcome to Happy Single Mums, a podcast surrounding real single mummy life. So here's your host, me, Khalifa. I firstly want to say thank you to everyone that listens to the podcast. We're going to be looking at some topics that's really important today. In fact, in the UK, 64% of men and 73% of women perceive themselves as not at risk of STIs. What's more, over 70% of men and over 85% of women classified as having had unsafe sex in the past year. And the population and the growth of STIs is getting higher on a daily basis. In 2019, there were 4,680 4, new diagnoses of STIs just in the UK, not even worldwide. It has increased by 5% since 2018. The most commonly diagnosed STIs are chlamydia and it affects 63% of young people. So given that the studies are showing us that a lot of people are contracting STIs, I feel like there's not that much awareness about sexually transmitted diseases and infections. My guest today is a STI coach. Um, her name is Blaze Spivy. I found her when I was scrolling through Instagram and I just watched like a Kevin Samuels video and then her video just popped up. She is such an incredible woman gives you so much information on her page because she's always going live, giving you information about STIs because she actually contracted one herself. Thank you, Belize, for coming on the Happy Single Moms podcast. Please tell the audience a little bit about yourself. So my name is Belize Spivey. I am known as the STD Life Coach. If you never heard of me, heard of it, it's because you never met me. That's just, it's just that simple. Um, I came up with that after living with herpes for about six years. Um, kind of my background story. Um, I was in college, so I went to Auburn University. My sophomore year, I transferred from Tuskegee University. All of this is in the South, just for a warn y'all. I'm in Alabama. Okay, it was in Alabama. So I was there, um, transfer over, went from a black school to a white school, just as simple as that. And it was already a culture shock. So I was in school, met this guy. Both of us was transferred in the second semester in school. Um, it was around April. We met, I'll say we met like early March, you know, because it was starting to get warm. So we met in March. Um, we kicked it a couple of times, walked into April. Um, we end up having sex with each other. I'm going to skip it. So we end up start having, we had sex with each other. Um, we used protection like we thought we should. We used protection. We thought we were fine. You know, you know who used protection for oral, but we did that too, but we didn't think none of it. Um, but we used protection and literally I woke up the next morning and I had pain and I'm thinking like, oh, it's just, you know, as ladies, we know some guys are bigger than others, so it can cause you to tear. Um, also, I was thinking it was just like, oh, he's fairly bigger than my last partner. So that's probably the problem. So I didn't think none of it. I was like, it's just wear and tear. You know, it's just a yeah. basic wear and tear of sex. Right. So I got up and I kept kept moving around. I was like, nah, this is weird. Like I'm hurting more than normal. So I didn't do anything about it. I just told him, like, hey, you know, I see you later. I'm about to go back to my dorm get ready. He was in an apartment. So I went back to my dorm and I was like, you know, the first thing your mom always tell you, baby, look at yourself, look and see if it's anything wrong. So I took a mirror and I literally had open blisters on my vagina. Wow. Right. So I'm going to tell y'all now just child input. Herpes doesn't pop up that fast. Okay. It takes at least two to 14 days 
from exposure to get it. So for me, I didn't know that. I was young. I was only 20. I had just turned 20 um, the July before that. So I was like, I didn't know anything about herpes. I knew the stigma of herpes, but I did not know how herpes work. Okay. So I'm thinking like, this dude don't gave me something. Oh my God, but we use protection. So how, I guess it's oral, you know, I just started freaking out and I reached out to him and he was like, I'm like, when the last time you've been tested, he told me, and I was like, well, I'm letting you know, I have some blisters. And he was so, one thing I was grateful for that he was, he was uh, mature. He had already had a child when he came into school. He was in a different mindset of, I'm trying to get this education to take care of my son. You know, so he was in a different place. Thank you, Jesus. Because if not, I think I would have had to bump over the side of the head. I literally would have had to hurt him. Because it was just so painful. Um, I was crying so much. I was calling friends, asking for help, helping asking for support. I was literally by there by myself. Every one of my friends were in another state. Well, I had one in one state, but she was down the street. Like she was like down the road. And then I had another, other two, they were in Georgia. So I was like, I felt like I was completely alone with it. And I was like, what am I going to do? My friends like, you're going to be okay. You can get through this. I'm like, oh no, I can't. My life is over. I can't have children. I can't get married. I can't do nothing. You know, like I was thinking all of that because I'm only 20. I ain't even legal to have alcohol and I'm doing that. It's not even legal yet, you know, for me. So I just thought everything was taken from me. But fast forward after six years after that, I literally had a son. I got pregnant that same year. I found out in April, I turned around and had my son in April the next year. So I ended up getting into a relationship. Was it the best relationship? Absolutely not. But I was in a relationship, disclosed. He was accepting, no issues. Um, shortly after that, we were together. Um, five years down, I wasn't even five. I say about three, four years down, I ended up getting getting married. So I found somebody else, had a baby, got married. Well, we got married, had a baby, things like that. So all the things that I thought I would never have, I was able to accomplish. Was it easy? No, because I still had ups and downs um, because I didn't have any support. Clearly, it wasn't no Black women. I was the first Black woman who ever came out and talked about it at my age. Like, <laughs> Because you have your own YouTube channel as well, don't yes, you? Yes, I have my own YouTube channel, which I came out of my YouTube channel in 2016. Um, and I just blurted it out. I said, you know, I want to help people because I don't see people who look like me. I didn't see. And when I did, they were Caucasians, which I wasn't against because they helped me. And so I was like, at the end of the day, but I was like, you don't understand my men. You don't understand my culture. You don't understand how we look at stigma. You don't get it. So this is going to be hard. So I was like, you know what? I want to work on myself, do what I can, get the information I can from my peers. But then I'm going to be the face for us because like at the end of the day, this is really hard for us not to see ourselves. And they're saying we're number one for it. So I was like, you know what? I'm willing to sacrifice. And I was that girl back then. I wish you would say something. I was that girl. I was like, I wish you would. I wish you would. Mm. I wish you would. You know? <laughs> I was just that girl. Like I just was, I was raised up and I wish you would. I would give you a good tongue lashing. That was the type of girl I was. And if you tried me hard enough, I probably will fight you. Like that is just the type of chick I was. So I was like, most of y'all ain't going to come at me. You will say side stuff, but you knew I had so much confidence that you would just say what you need to say and kind of back down. Cause it's like, no, nah, she really, yeah, she about that life. So I'm just going to leave her alone. <laughs> um, so I mean, I was grateful. I can say I'm grateful that I did experience it because so many people wouldn't be free until 
if I didn't, even though I'm so grateful for the people who came behind me, but I encouraged them in many ways. And even the women, Caucasian women or males that I had, they inspired me to even be the first to come out and do this. So that is how I got here, y'all. Right. So how did you then become um, the STI advocate then? What Because what, what my question to you is, it took me a very long time to even, for like with the podcast, for me right. to admit that I had a termination, I didn't tell my, my family members. Mm. I just told them, oh, by the way, I'm starting a podcast. <laughs> and my first episode was how I became a single mom. And um, in the episode, I disclosed that, yeah, I've had two terminations. But obviously, I was sending it to my family members, like, oh, I've had a podcast, and I want you lot to listen to it. Then I was getting phone calls back, like, oh, my God, you had two abortions. What's wrong with you? You know, so <laughs> it was exposing myself, but it was exposing my truth. But then backlash also from friends and family. Did you face that? Know. Did you face that yes, from I friends did. and family? Absolutely. So I didn't get it from friends. I got it from my mom. Um, so I, when I was married, when I became an advocate, like just an SCI or STD advocate or a herpes advocate, I was married. Um, and my ex-husband knew I was doing, cause I ended up getting divorced, but my ex-husband knew that I was in support groups, helping people. I was like, Oh babe, you know, I talked to this girl and she's having a hard time. And he was like, you know, you know, you're doing something good, you know? Thank, you know, that's a good thing that you're doing and things like that. Um, he's like, I wish you'd get paid from it, but okay, you know, he wanted me to help with bills. It was rough, I ain't even gonna lie. Uh, so he's like, babe, we need some money, you know, type thing. Um, but that's the typical man, you know, so I wasn't even tripping about it. But I was just, he knew I felt enjoyment in helping other people. So he kind of just let me be. Um, in that process, I ended up deciding that I want to get my master's in counseling. Like it moved me to want to get my master's in counseling. I changed my mind because I didn't want to be in school for another five years. And I knew my husband, my husband at that time would could not take me being in school for five years. We would have lost the marriage because of the degree. Okay. And it was just that rough. So I was like, you know what? I'm not willing to sacrifice my marriage for that right now. Um, <laughs> let us get into a better financial place. And then I'm going to try to see that again. But in the process, I end up getting my master's in human services with a focus of life coaching. And it was everything I needed. Like, I was like, oh, this is group coaching, group therapy. That's what I was in. I was a support group. So I was helping people in a bigger stance. Um, and I realized, oh, life coaching, I can tell my story and I can keep it real without anybody writing me up and trying to get my license snatched. You know, like even better, I can say what I want to say and you can't tell me what to do. Um, I still got this degree. You can't take it from me. Um so with all of that being said, it just moved me to say, I want to help more. I was like, and then when I finally came out in 2015, I did it on social media. I started on Instagram and jumped from Instagram and went on Facebook. And it was crazy because when I did it, I told my ex-husband I was going to do it, but he didn't register what I was going to do. So it wasn't that I said it, it's the fact that everybody called him like I was dying. So what did they say to him then? They was just like, oh, she got da-da-da-da-da. Are you okay? Are y'all good? That's let me know how much people did not understand herpes. But, I was like, we got a whole child. Like, we just a, had a baby. So can I ask a question? So in regards yeah. to your um your partners, they didn't contract it? No, that I not that I know of. Not that I know of. Okay. Because yeah, they would have had, had, had a physical outbreak. Mm -hmm. 
No, you can still have herpes and never have an outbreak. And you can also have herpes and have mild outbreaks. And when I say mild, I'm from a place of itching, burning, discomfort, uh, leg aches, body aches, headaches, things that we can easily brush off if it's not ongoing. Yeah, because I'm a bit confused because when I was doing research, um, it says that one in four people. So then ideally, yeah, because I'm thinking one in four people, then ideally people should know if they do have it or not then. No, they won't because it's, um, herpes is not included in the general, in the United States. It's not included in the testing. So you won't know. Most people are ne- have, have never been tested for herpes in their whole life. So then what happens with childbirth? Because then- Okay, so with childbirth, this is the interesting part when it comes to childbirth. Um, the interesting part that comes to childbirth, um, some doctors test you for it and some don't. So Wait, you did you may, have a normal childbirth or did you have a cesarean? Absolutely. I had both of my kids vaginal. They came right up out the Wuha girl. I was not trying to get a C-section um, at all costs. Like I wasn't. Um, what I did do was when I got to my third trimester, well, I went in and I told, the first one was really hard because I was like, I literally only had herpes for a couple of months before I got pregnant. It was, it was too, it was too much. Herpes, turn around, pregnant, turn around. I got to tell my mama I'm pregnant, turn around. I got a, a daddy who want me to get rid of. And I told him he'd get the money. He he can get it. And he, I knew he was broke. So I knew he wasn't going to do it. Um, but it was just being forced, trying to be forced to get an abortion. He, we didn't talk the whole time I was pregnant. He didn't see his son until he was one. And that was going to get child support. Okay. And by the time I seen him again, he had a whole new woman. It was crazy. Okay. It was beyond crazy and me trying to stay in school and finish my degree because I was like what one thing for sure and another thing for certain I'm going to finish on time and I did four years I was out that piece so I was like it was hard I worked three jobs and all this other stuff but um yeah so I ended up telling my doctor I was so terrified but I was like I have herpes she's like oh girl it's fine you okay we're just gonna you know when you get to your third trimester uh, we'll put you on antivirals, which is like Valtrexel or Cyclovir. Um, and that is to try to assist you in, re- you know, preventing you from having an outbreak. If anybody know anything about these two drugs, they do, they're not a cure. They don't clear herpes. What they can do is assist it with keeping it at bay. So okay. it's like birth control in a sense. Like it's like a birth control to keep you from having, try to keep you from having an outbreak, like being a birth control, try to keep you from getting pregnant in a sense. Okay. It just try to assist you. Um, it's never a guarantee. But at the end of that, it could still assist. So they gave me that in my third trimester. And um, I came out and I was able to have him fine. My second child, I didn't take no medicine at all. Because by then, I knew my body better than ever. Um, and I was like, I don't care. I'm just not, I'm not, te- I ain't popping no pills. Like, I'm just not popping a motherfucking pill. It's not happening. I don't want what, did no the, pill. Did the pills it. give you any side effects when you're saying you didn't pop, you don't want to pop um, any pills? I couldn't swallow pills, girl. It wasn't even that. I just, <laughs> girl, I didn't learn how to swallow pills until my second child. Like, for real, for real. Oh, so, okay. like, and that lets you know that I did not take prenatals. Because oh. I just could not. I And if I did, I crushed them up. But the antivirals was not pills that trust up because it had like a release on it. So okay. you couldn't really crush it. So I was like, I am screwed. So I didn't really take them as much. I just try to keep my stress down and stuff like that. But I was able to have my children with no problem. And a lot of people believe, oh, you can't have kids. No, people with HIV have kids all day, every day. Like nothing keeps you from having kids. It's just a precaution that you have to take that's a little different. I swear with HIV, you can take um, the prep tablets so your partner... Um, won't get infected as well, isn't it? 
absolutely so um my whole thing is it depends on the person so i know somebody who have hiv she's undetectable if you're in a place of undetectable which you mean you've been taking your medicine for ongoing um then you won't give it to your partner at all okay like it's not possible now if you're in a no go ahead you can't no no go on carry on so um it's understood so it will not be passed at all like it doesn't matter long as it's in an undetectable state they're like they're cured in, in a sense okay so they won't pass their partner but if that partner is in a place where they're trying to work on getting into an undetectable state it'd be great for them partner to take prep so they won't get it at all so it's just double it's like okay if you get undetectable we ain't really got nothing to worry about and you stay in that state or if you're trying to get that state or things happen just say health issues or things like that and you can't or financially you can't take your medicine you know if things happen to you then i'll be on prep so we still won't pass it to me so i ain't gonna lie i'm so proud of the journey of hiv because it's so much it's different um than ever before now because that haven't always been the case it's at a place where it's dangerous it's in a place where we can prevent people from getting HIV at this point. It's just all about testing now. Properly getting tested will and ha- making sure tested. Will that happen with herpes? Will that be like a, like a vaccine or something like that? that yes. People can take? So if, um, it is a company, a couple of companies that have been working on doing a vaccination, but you know, COVID kind of slowed everything down. Um, but the goal is to get us to the fact that we can't transmit. So basically the same place of not, I won't say undetectable, but in a place where we, you know, we won't be in a contagious state where we don't pass it to our partner. And I was like, to me, that's a cure. That's fine with me. Long as we ain't passing it, we don't care, you know, <laughs> type thing. Um, but right now, the company is, um, they're on the process of human trials, which is going to be in UK. And I'll show you over that information so you can share it too. Okay. So in regards to um, when you actually had your children, there's no way you can transfer, trans- transmit anything. It's just a sexually transmitted disease, and isn't it? Because I feel like I, I, I remember reading a Facebook um, post from one one of my friends, and she just had a, a brand new baby, and she was wiling out because her baby broke out because um, people were kissing on the child. You know, so then the child had um, cold sores. And she was like, no one should kiss my baby. Anyone that's got herpes shouldn't come near my baby. And I was like, well, you shouldn't have. I, I would not kiss anyone's baby. I just feel like a child. So, you know. First of all, they, and I have to say this, the people who kissed her baby is the people she trusted. Mm, of course. It wasn't randoms. But the thing about it is she didn't understand that cold sores was herpes yeah. until after she found out that her baby had it. And that could have been the father. It could have been her. It could have been the grandmother. It could have been any. And I mean, and this is not to insult anybody, but most people don't realize that cold sores and fever blisters is herpes. They don't know it. But how many people do you see with cold sores every year and you don't think nothing of it? Every day. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. They don't realize it. And I think that's the sad part. When you don't realize it, you don't understand it can do harm to somebody else. So I think that's the thing. So the only way you can transmit it to a baby is the baby come in contact with the outbreak. So just say coming through the birth canal, if the mother is having an outbreak at the time inside the birth, you know, inside the birth canal or outside, then the baby is at risk. And same like her baby, um, somebody's kissing on the baby and they're having an outbreak. That's the only way the baby is going to get it. It's, the baby will never get it inside the womb. The baby is fine. So then, can I ask, why is there so much um, stigma surrounding um, herpes then? And, or like whenever I'm watching a, a movie or something, it's, all, it's always like the joke of of society what and it's something that people and that's what I'm saying I love your confidence I love your boldness but it's you are like the only person I've ever really heard 
being this bold and open. It's a lot it. of us out here. You oh, just ain't ran across it's it. True. It's a lot of us, but that's just because Instagram and TikTok is just starting to pick us up. That's all. Because um, a lot of us have been in the industry for some time now. Um, and a lot of us still coming up. It's just, it hasn't, you know, social media is now getting a whiff that it's people who are confident enough to talking about it. Um, but the main reason is because the community, the community is allowing things. The community is allowing people to uphold the stigma where they believe they are the stigma so they don't fight it have you ever seen anybody laugh about hiv never you don't see nobody laugh about any type of cancers you don't even see the people laugh about gonorrhea chlamydia or hpv it's because the community wouldn't dare let them the our community the herpes community is scary i love them they are full of shame why? But that's because they've been living on the stigma for so long. So they assume, well, I have to be, a, I have to be nasty. I have to be disgusting when that's not true. But when you don't have a face of somebody telling you that's not true and you can live your life, then you just believe what you were told. So as a coach, then how then do you teach confidence? How, how can you teach someone that your body is beautiful Um sex is risky you know I've had sex I've had a child sex is it's a risky game you know so how then would do you teach someone that's maybe they're, they're they've been left alone pregnant and they've got herpes or they've come up they found out their partner's been unfaithful and the partner's left them and they have an STI not only herpes any any STI is it's kind of life altering so then yeah, how is. how then do you as an individual teach a woman or a man that look Look at yourself in the mirror. You're beautiful. And we only get one life. This, if this pandemic hasn't taught us anything, is that you have to live your life. Even people that have HIV, cancer kills quicker than HIV, you know? So what, how do you teach that to people? The biggest thing is teaching people how to accept themselves and forgive themselves. Um, many of my clients struggle with forgiveness with themselves and that takes the longest because it's like well I should have known how do you know something you don't know I have to kill this in them that you're punishing yourself of telling yourself that you're nasty disgusting and don't deserve anything because you didn't know anything what sense do that make I have to break this mindset of you supposed to knew everything and I'm not gonna lie you as brown as me we believe we're supposed to know everything and we don't know half of what we think we're supposed to know because I can really have taught, if you don't know, it's all your fault. But we also been taught that what you don't know is your problem. Mm. But we got to kill that because that's wrong thinking. What you don't know, nobody taught you or you seen the need to learn. That's it. So I, I have to go through this. I'm in there like literally snatching off these thoughts on people of you're thinking wrong and it's not your fault that you think wrong but I can't let you keep thinking wrong and think you're going to be free yeah you're not going to be free of the stigma if you think you're the problem oh I'm mad at myself how mm. how are you mad at yourself when you got tested you ask questions you ask what you thought you should ask and you use the condom mm. y'all been in a relationship for over a year and a half what was you expecting you're married to him what did you expect yeah and I, I do have I do have a, a very close girlfriend she works in a HIV um, clinic and she says that most of the women that go there are actually married women you yes. know that their partners have been unfaithful and I just think like well if if um you can still contract things with with a condom then there's you just men just need to they need to do better 
but my whole thing is, and I talk to my men all the time, and I I want you to realize that even all the ladies on here, if you're a single mom, I know you got a moment that you're like, I can't stand them. But uh, at the end of the day, you got to understand that, especially black men, they don't know half of what we think they know. They just don't know. You would think they do, but half the time they've been taught toxic. The things they do is really toxic. They they want to do better. They want to make better decisions, but the pride is in the way. The 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 lack of emotions that they want. They want to be emotional, but they're scared because they've been hurt. So it's like a lot that they do is covering up crap. Yeah, Other yeah, yeah. Than coming to you and saying, "Babe, I ain't never been tested because I'm scared to get tested." And no lie, I don't. I don't even know if I did get it. What I would do. I think I may hurt myself. That is transparency. A lot of men ain't going to do that because it's just they have tried to be transparent and they got hurt trying to be transparent or they got thrown back in their faces. So this is from my ladies to my ladies. Been a single mom. Understand it. You got to understand half of what our father, children fathered. They don't even know what they're doing. Mm. They have no clue. Half of them even have a father in their own life. And they did. He was toxic. Yeah. He didn't show up. He didn't call. He barely helped the mom. If he did, you seen arguing or you seen abuse or you seen all this stuff. And if he even was a good dad, he was good financially and no good conversation. Or he was good conversation, but wasn't good financially. It's like you never really seen a dad. And now I'm grateful in the time we end, a lot of men are trying to fight to have a balance of both. But let's be honest, especially in the United States, we are still living with racism at a high, high level. So it's like a lot of men, it's just like, I just want to be a man and make sure I can take care of you financially, but I don't know how to be no daddy. Stop asking for that for me because I don't know what it looked like. Mm. I don't know what it looked like. So it's just like, ladies, I'm just being honest. Like, it's nothing wrong with have expectations, but you got to know it's history so you can set the expectations right. Yeah. Yeah, and I think, like you said, in regards to speaking to some of your clients, confidence is also another issue with um, a lot of women. I, I yeah. think that oftentimes we as women, we spot red flags, but we ignore it because we are, especially black women, we're natural project managers and we see a broken man and we don't, we're not really equipped to fix anyone. I think that's God's job to fix an individual, but we think that we can do it. So we cover up their shame we protect them and I, I said this to my son's dad when we um broke up that I've entered into a boxing ring with you to fight against the world and then you have punched me you know I have been protecting you and you have then hurt me you know so oftentimes I think as women we need to be accountable as much as the men are broken but we always see red flags because our intuition it is amazing it don't lie we, it don't we, ever lie yeah, and we <laughs> ignore our own intuition we know that we know that we know that a man has certain traits that we don't like but we still carry on driving that car until it hits a brick wall and that's because of lack of confidence and I think that's something I deal with as well because majority of my clients are African-American or African or color or whatever I hate saying of color that just feel like it takes me back down to the yeah um, but at the end of the day, if you got some black in you black, okay? <laughs> like that is majority of my clients. And I realize we we just lack confidence, period. Just because constantly we're being told we're not good enough. We're constantly being told that we're nasty. We're constantly being told that we don't not be responsible. We're constantly being told that we don't ask the right questions. And even if you're educated, it will still make you feel like you're not good enough. 
Um, So I think that's a lot of this where when I'm talking to my clients, I'm not fighting through herpes. Herpes brought them to me to finally help them see their trauma and see that they have work to do. Yeah. Because I mean, I'm literally, I went to school, I'm in school now to be a traumatologist. Like I help you through your trauma. So I was like, herpes is just the icing on the cake because half of the time, a lot of your behavior led you up to this point. It led you right on up here. You kept accepting him and he cheats time to time to time. Well, she cheats all the time. You're still dealing with her line and you know she's talking to other people. You're dealing with the fact that you had an unction, something was wrong. It didn't smell right. It didn't look right. Something wasn't right. You asked the question and they was like, nah, you're like, no, nah, man, something ain't right. But I don't know what, you know, it's things like that where your mama say, oh, I told you not to mess with him or like, don't talk to her. And you were like, God darn it, I wish I would have listened, you know? Things like that, but it's just, my clients, I have to help them understand. We have to unlearn what was never correct Yeah. of how we, number one, deal with each other and the fact that we really do have lack of education. Like we have to understand, I don't care how much you went to school, you still lack education. Most of my clients are nurses. You'll be shocked. Most of my clients are nurses and they come to me boo-hooing because sadly to say they believe they were exempt. They believe I will never be here because I know what I know. And one thing I would tell you, when you ever think you know enough, you never know nothing. Yeah. You know, so I deal with a lot of it. How then do you teach your clients then how to um, trust a man again? And I say, and I won't say just a man. I would just say, because, you know, we got both on both sides. Sorry, sorry, trust Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah, like we, we, we can't leave nobody out. I want nobody okay. to feel excluded. Um, but the biggest thing I tell them trust yourself. If you don't trust yourself, you will never trust nobody else. If you don't love yourself, you will never let nobody love you. For example, and I know you probably can understand this you came out of your relationship with your, your child's father, you met other guys, they seemed like they was good, they tried to do stuff for you, like, uh huh, mm-hmm. you just like him because you did not trust yourself because you made a bad decision once you yeah. scared to make another bad decision and to you love yourself to say i trust enough that i won't make another bad decision and if i do it's because i didn't know yeah it's just a lesson or i don't trust people and i'm gonna sit my behind down until i get to that point you can yeah yeah but i think a lot of us are just we want to be with somebody because we want to be loved I said, it's nothing wrong with want to be with somebody and want love, but until you love you, they will never be enough. But do you not also think that in this day and age, I, I call I call our generation the um, the Uber generation. Everything is fast. It ain't even fast. It's not even because if you really think about, if we really step back out of our situations, it it was fast to cover up because if you took your time and as you see. You, with your child's father long enough you start to see how damaged she was yeah. same for me i stayed with him the longer i stayed the longer i seen the damage yeah. the only thing that's quit is intimacy yeah. and when i say intimacy it's not always sex that's just i want somebody to feel love on me and that may be for some reason they may just be buying you stuff some dudes that may just be her texting you and and going over and beyond i don't want always us to think intimacy is sex because some people ain't opening their leg or putting their mouth on nothing. They don't want that. They want to just feel like you okay. care. They, yeah. they take me out, take me on trips. Uh, some dudes just want you calling and texting his phone out that day. Like that to them is enough. Hmm. You know, that is enough. But I was like, as you continue to get to know that person, you realize 
uh, I got to get out of here. Like, I got to get out of here. Like, I got to get out of here. You know, but I think we have taught ourselves to rush into things and figure it out later. And I, I challenge all of us, everybody who's listening to this, tell your homegirl and your homeboy to slow down. We need to. We need to be like ovens and not like microwaves because everything is just too fast everyone wants to have that nonsense couples goals you know even though what's happening it ain't even real if you really think about it none of it's real when you really like you said when it hit the fan you'll really realize the relationship was trash yeah it was absolute trash it's just people are creating i mean let's be honest we make people are making money off people's idea of want something perfect yeah because everybody want this pivot picture perfect life and it don't exist the only way that you can have a life that you are fulfilled and happy is number one you're happy and fulfilled within and then y'all work together to keep doing that together not because it was one broken person on the outside and then I came in and I fixed you to a hundred percent and then I I was still a hundred I don't know how that's possible because you don't deplete it yourself but we feel like we can fix people and I feel like at the end of the day it's nothing I'm going to say this it's nothing wrong with being with somebody when they're growing and I got to say this because we we think sometimes I'm because what's happening is we're going back and forth. We got the side where it's like, I don't want to be with nobody if he ain't got his life together. And then it seems like it's hard to find that one. And then you, then you go on the other side. I don't want nobody. Um, I'm OK with somebody like growing with somebody. And you're like, OK, that's just too bad. Like, <laughs> you don't know what side to be on. I just feel like at the end of the day, you just got to know what you're going to be willing to help a person through. But most importantly, what have they done so far to help themselves? <laughs> So then in regards to your clients and them wanting to um, go out dating again, what's your advice for that? You told them that they need to be, they need to have done like the inner work first. But I say, even if you meet a good person, you won't believe them because you don't believe it for yourself. So I always tell people, get to a place where you love you, um, you accept you. Not saying you don't have bad days, because what we're not going to do is act like everybody at this perfect place, but you have to be in a place that you're okay with if they say yes or no yeah so are you dating at the moment then yeah and nay i'm like in the i'm outside but i'm not outside i'm outside but i'm not outside um i'm satisfied i look at it like this i'm okay you're satisfied think about this for me is i'll go out and i'll talk to people i'll give my number on things like that but i'm not in a place where i'm talking to one person it's like if i meet somebody cool you know it's cool if i'm not cool so when I'm just you, in an open place. So when you meet people and you tell them what you do, how's the um, the reaction with, with men when you tell them your profession? Honestly, most of the dudes like, dang, you the bomb. Wow. Because at the end of the day, they say, for you to be a woman, you got to have so much confidence. You got to love yourself to want to push yourself on a pedestal like that, to put yourself where you are today. And at that, the influence I had, they said, you're a different type of woman. And some of them, that scares them because it's like, she's strong as crap. Yeah, so I ain't that strong. I don't know how I'm gonna support her. I don't know how I'm gonna help her because I'm not even that strong to want to put my little bit of business <laughs> out. So can I ask one question actually? In regards to when you were married, how was the um sex during marriage? There was just fine, girl. We just did everything, girl. Just everything. Everything. There was no everything, girl. Everything. Wow. Mouth everywhere. You just didn't care. I'm just giving a real. <laughs> it, it it didn't stop anything because he was accepting, he didn't care. Yeah. And I think that's the thing. I got to a place of comfort of saying, if he's okay, I'm okay. And I think for women, it's hard to believe because most of us still have that lack of trust that you say, you just saying that to use me. You just saying that to abuse me. You just saying that to control me. Because sadly, say some dudes will say they're okay with something and then throw it in your face later. Yeah. To and keep you, you and to you? manipulate you. 
But I feel like at the end of the day, I got to a place, if he said he's good, I'm good. And if I see any red flags and I handled it accordingly, which I did, and that's why I left. Um, so at the end of the day, you know, I will tell any anyone who's listening to this, just understand you have to love yourself first. Take the time and do the work. And the work may not take as long as you think. Some people are like, it's going to take me two, three years to get healed. It's because you got so much stuff to heal. Mm-hmm. But when you start doing the work, it's not that bad. Same way if you work out. You start working out, you're like, it's going to take me forever to get that ideal body. And you turn up and you got the body. Yeah. It didn't even take that long. Some people are like, how long it took you? Girl, I've been in the gym for like six months. because But you've been dedicated on doing the work. It cuts the time down when you get dedicated to doing the work. It don't take as long as you think. It just, it only looks that way because you're not doing anything. Yeah. You're looking from the outside, looking in. And also you're dealing with something you never dealt with. So you're thinking it's going to take longer. People who are at a hill place tell you it did not take as long as I thought it was. Yeah. It would. Yeah. Like, I- it did not. I thought I was going to be in this down place forever. It was hard, but I didn't stay here as long as I thought I would. And ultimately life is, life is way too short. And um, what do you get asked many times in your DMs from, from people? Um, can I have a normal sex life? Can I have children? Um, what's another one? Those are the main ones. How to disclose. So how do I tell my partner? What's another one? Um, what is shedding? So shedding is when the virus is present and you don't know it. Okay. Um, so you can't really do much about it. It's like you can take antivirals, but most important, the most important part is disclosing your partner that they understand that I'm going to do what I can and you accept what I can't. Okay. Um, so I get that. I am at symptoms all the time. You know, what are the typical symptoms? What did it feel like? What did it look like? I'm also asked, um, what type of test to take? Okay. Yep. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So what, how do you, um, cause when I was doing research for the podcast, I saw so many adverts for, from, I don't know whether they're witch doctors or whatever they are. These so-called doctors that are healers. Um, there's a doctor, well, he's passed away now. Dr. Sabi has like stuff that people can take do you recommend those things i'm a strong believer in what you don't believe you will not receive yeah so my whole thing is i'm not a person to ever tell somebody what to do when it comes to their body um i'm not a person not to not tell you what to believe in but i'm going to be honest most people don't have the mental state to do half of what dr cb ever even attempt to do in healing mm. It's very taxing on the body, which is means you got to be strong in the mind. And most people, especially in the United States, is not bred or built like him. He's not from the States, so he's not used to eating the type of poison we eating. He's not used to uh, have to depend on the grocery stores. Like, we're so dependent on the government and what they do other than creating our own. It's going to be a bit much trying to get some of the stuff that he's offering you um and i'm not gonna lie a lot of people can't afford it Mm. it's costy you know it's costy but i'm a strong believer if you believe you can do something make it up in your mind that you are cured in your mind before you ever think you're gonna see it in your body yeah and i i watched one of your youtube um videos and you said that how do you feel about your gifter um do your clients ever feel any animosity towards the person that gave them the sti what they be mad, mad, and I, I understand because the situations it be cheating, mm-hmm. it be lying, it be deceit, it be manipulation. Um, sometimes it's simply I can't believe it's happening, and we're blaming each other because nobody knows where it came from. So, and I tell a lot of people, what's the point of being mad at somebody? What, 
you can't do anything at this point. Like staying mad is not going to change your diagnosis. Yeah. It's okay to be mad, but you can't stay mad forever. So I always tell my, especially my female clients, I say, it's okay to be angry. I just can't let you stay there. So I'm going to let you be mad. I'm going to let you cuss, fuss, call him whatever you want to call him. And then I'm going to tell you, okay, so now what we're going to do to get you together? Because you don't say everything you need to say about him. Now he is not an issue no more. Let's move on. Or she, it's, it's time to move on. We're not going to keep dwelling with somebody who is living. They're now moved on. You move it's on. Done. Yeah. Which they always will. Always. Mm. Always. It never fails. They always move on. Mm. Can you tell the audience a bit about your wonderful book? Absolutely. So I wrote my book in August, well, October 2016. Um, it's my tell-all book. I kind of told you from the beginning to the end, from the time that I seen it to the time that I ended up getting married and having a child. Um, and I just wanted people to hear the story from a, from a person who had it. Many people who are talking about herpes, they're sexual educators and they're also doctors. It's some doctors who talk, but they are doctors. So they still have a doctor's voice. So it's not the same so I wanted to hear from somebody who like girl I'm gonna keep it absolute real I'm just like you we are human touch my flesh touch your flesh we are real um I understand you um and I also wanted to hear from a black woman who was in in her early prime I was only 20 so I want you to see my journey um and what I've been through and I was able to break off the stigma of each or so it was overcoming what can't be cured living beyond herpes Awesome. And you also yeah. sell products as well, don't you? Absolutely. Listen, them products are the truth. Listen, they come all the way over to where you are. Like I can order, listen, they can ship. I ship all the way to you. I can ship what? anywhere. Absolutely. Okay, please tell us a little bit about your products. How did you come up with the idea? Absolutely. So I came up with the idea because once you, like I was telling you earlier, I wasn't a pill popper. I was not taking a pill every day. I was like, what's the point? I can't take it. I don't want to take it. Um, and I realized when I took it, it didn't do what I wanted to do. It did not take away my, my external signals. It worked on the inside, but it didn't work on the outside where I was having the blisters and the itching and the burning. It wasn't doing anything for it. So over the years, um, I learned about essential oils and, you know, eating and all this stuff like that. So I got into essential oils and I just started studying. I was like, I need what works for herpes and all this stuff like that. So I started looking. What I did was I put all of the stuff that works for herpes in one batch. Oh, I took wow. everything and put it all together and it gets the job done. So I created four, four products. So it's Speed Me Up Cream. So that helps speed up the process of the healing of the cuts, bumps, blisters. Um, it also helps with itching, also helps with burning. Um, I also did an Itch Be Gone spray. So that spray, you can spray it as much as you need it. Um, when you're dealing with unbearable itching, as we know, nighttime, I don't know why I itch the most, but it do. Uh, so, you know, you can use that. Um, I also created a washout soap so that'll help you get a gentle, clean wash but also still aid you in your itching, aid you in um, your healing of your symptoms and things of that nature. And then I also created the, um, I did five products, I'm sorry, uh, a Relax Me Tea. So the tea is to help you relax because a lot of people don't realize how's your outbreak going to heal if you're still stressed. It will stay longer. So a typical outbreak can last five days, to two weeks, almost a month, depending on how that person body is responding. When your body's under a lot of stress, the virus keep, it stay, it stay activated. So you have to get to a state where you're starting to slowly reduce your stress so your body can finally heal. So I end up giving, you know, creating a tea to help you relax and also get proper sleep. You can't heal if you ain't sleeping. So I did that. 
And then I also created bump blasters. So a lot of people are not quite sure if they're having a hair, hair bump or if they're having a outbreak. So I was like, spray that on and let's see what it really is. So that helps as well. So if you have razor bumps or bl- um, razor bumps or um, boils or things like that, it really gets the job done. Wow. And the products will definitely be needed with the stress that people have endured during the, this COVID, this pandemic. Listen, I'm not going to lie. I sold more products during COVID than ever before. Hey, see Jesus. Ooh. You know, ever before, because at the end of the day, you can't get to your doctor like you used to. You know, pharmacists are full all the time. You may not get your stuff right away and things like that. So, and I, my whole thing is like, I'm not against pills, y'all. I don't want y'all to ever think I am because some stuff you need to pop a pill for. It may just save your life, you know. But for herpes, none of that stuff is required. Like, it's not required for you to take a pill every day. But you taking, using my products and you doing that, it's going to kill it faster because it's more external than it is internal. You're dealing with the itch and burning. That pill ain't gonna do it it ain't gonna do it and now you're uncomfortable trying to go to work some people have to take off work it'd be that bad for some people but i think it's only bad because of you're dealing with the mental of he gave it to me i wouldn't be here if i had it and then being uncomfortable yeah but i think i've heard of um a lot about herpes um recently because of the r kelly and the usher cases that have been Mm -hmm. running around so I think that there's a, a bit of more awareness now with people. Yeah, but it's from a negative place. It's not from a place of day-to-day life. Like, nobody's a part of a sex ring on a regular. You know what I mean? Like, I'm being honest, and nobody's no one, being no one's trapped in the on closet. A <laughs> I'm being, I'm being, we're going to call it for what it is. Everybody's not part of that lifestyle. Everybody's not dealing with celebrities on a daily. So I really don't think it's still relatable. Because yeah. at the end of the day, everybody's not after a celebrity or want to be around a celebrity or want to have sex with one. So I feel like all of us are looking for the outside, like, oh, they should have known better and blah, 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 blah. Not thinking that it will happen with the joint who lives in your house. Sure. Yeah. Because, yeah, like I said earlier, if it's one in four, then I. I think it's less than that. But, you know, I don't think they want to tell people that. They think they'll be freaked out. Like 80% of people don't even know they have it. And that 80% is people who have cold sores. They have no clue. Wow. Well, they have no clue so i'm a strong believer in saying you know and i'm herpes is not i would consider it's not really an sti it's only considered an sti when it affects your genitals okay because at the end of the day i'm not going to ever say if a baby got herpes i would never say oh you gave the baby an sti i'm not going to say that i'll just say the baby contracted herpes mm-hmm. through kissing or whatever i'm not going to say the child have an sti because they don't they had it for just parent kissing on them mm-hmm. Or a little cousin kissing them. You know, little kids kiss on each other all the time. And they do, yeah, definitely. You know, and not thinking nothing of it and things like that. So, you know, the only reason is because it affects the genitals. That's the only reason. Um, but it's one of the STIs that is very much ignored and very much manageable. It does not affect other parts of the body. So just say, you know, it won't cause you not to have children or it won't kill you or anything like that. Now, If you have other health conditions, you know, dealing with your immune system or dealing with your nervous system. Now, this can cause a ruckus because it affects your nervous system and it can affect your immune system. But if you're a fairly healthy person, it's manageable. And that's the main reason why CDC don't make a big fuss, because it's like uh, we ain't got to worry about you killing nobody by accident if they don't ever get no medicine, you know. So that's the main reason where it just don't seem like they're doing anything, but it's changing because we're making too much noise. It's, it's getting loud out here in these streets because we're like, it's not even about that. It's about the fact that people are losing their mind when they find out people, the psychological 
is it's horrible. I don't had somebody commit suicide. I don't know another girl, her baby daddy committed suicide. A lot of people, you don't know why people get, they're killing themselves. They you don't know why a lot of people single. You wonder why you see a lot of girls. Why she's single? Why he's single? Possibly got herpes. Don't want to tell nobody. It's too many single people out here. Wow. You will never know. Some people are just trying to avoid it because they don't want to say nothing. So then how then do you not absorb all the trauma from your clients that you're speaking to? Because on a daily basis, if you're hearing people saying that they want to kill themselves because of their diagnosis and you've come like you're at the other side of the tunnel, how, how do you not absorb that kind of pain and trauma for yourself? I did. I almost went crazy, but I got a therapist. <laughs> I'm giving a real girl like it was hard. Um, but at the time I was married, so I was able to release a lot. Um, I had support groups, but literally for so long, I realized I'm just a filler. Like if you want to say a empath, quote okay. unquote. Um, but I realized I'm just filling other people and I just learned how to release them. I got a therapist. I realized at the end of that, I can't fix you. I cannot change it. Um, you're going to have to do the work. So when people do have these heavy feelings and things like that, I tell them, I said, look, I'm not going to leave you in this, but you got to do the work. I have had ladies that I talked to for months, ladies who went, I don't told them to go to mental hospitals and things and still be supporting them through it. But I had to understand all I can do is be here for you. And honestly, for many of them, that is just enough. They know I can't do all the work, but just having somebody there to say, if I call her, she's present. Yeah, that's good enough. So I'm just I have learned not to take on other people's emotions because I cannot change it, but I can relate to it. But Mm -hmm. I was like to be where I am and farther than where I am. You have to do the work. Definitely. So would you say with the work that you're you're doing now, it is more of the which one is more the problem, the diagnosis or the stigma? Which one do you think people struggle with? The the stigma. It's the stigma because the stigma is what causes people to go mentally crazy. It it causes the depression and anxiety and the suicidal thoughts and um, all of those things or even trigger what people already have within themselves that they don't realize is there. Um, So, yeah, it's the stigma. And I feel like that's the thing that most herpes, well, all of us as herpes activists are trying to do is to kill the stigma and let you realize like, wait, 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 stop feeding in something that's not real. Why would you keep telling yourself you're nasty and you know who you've been with? Like, how are you nasty and you know your partners? I don't care if you had a bunch. It don't matter. You know who you laid with? Yeah. So, you know, what would you say to your younger self, the younger yeah, when you just found out your diagnosis, what what would you have said to yourself? If you can go back and look at yourself crying when you were trying to reach out to your friends and family, what would you say to yourself now? You're not alone. That's the biggest thing. That was the hardest part. I believe I was by myself. And when I got a whiff that I wasn't by myself, it got easier. That's where, you know, the support groups helped and talking to other, that helped me. And that's when I got a whiff that I wasn't by myself. I was like, oh, this is all better. And that's what my whole goal is of, you know, being so forefront in it is to show you that you're not, as soon as you realize you're not by yourself. And I know all of us, you know, being single moms and all that, as soon as you realize you wasn't the only mama dealing with the same crap, it made it 10 times better. You was like, whoo, okay, I ain't crazy. I thought I was losing it. I thought I was tripping. No, you're not tripping. You're not tripping. You're not by yourself in the process. Um, tell the audience where they can find you on social media and I just want to say that I love the fact that you show up you are the 
definition of an advocate every time oh. I go on my social media you are showing up you're delivering information you are just present you know to to your audience so thank you for doing that for people oh thank you love <laughs> that made me feel so good <laughs> so please tell the audience where they can find you in social media if they want to get your products your book even just have just a general conversation with you because your energy is amazing thank and I, I think ultimately it's just your confidence that attracts people you're confident you know so I, I i pray that you give the seed to everybody in regards to <laughs> distributing some of your confidence out to them and like i said at the beginning of um the interview is the fact that god puts us in certain situations or we put ourselves in certain situations but he kind of beautifies it if that's the word he makes it beautiful you know yeah he does he makes it for your good yeah so yeah we just have to you thank know? god that if you are still alive you still have hope you know and you're you've got two beautiful boys guys make sure you go on her social media her kids are gorgeous <laughs> they're just the sweetie fives too they are sweetie 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 yes they are so adorable they so sweet they have been they made it all worth it in a sense they so supportive they know more about herpes than grown folks okay they know more about sex than anybody because they hear me talk all day long they don't see it. it's like oh mommy a celebrity mom he's like mom you're famous you got a lot of followers you know type thing so they just like things like that but um you can find me at coach Belize on instagram thank god instagram is back alive but you know (laughs) social media um but you can find me at coach Belize. i have everything there also you can go onto youtube and put Belize five in or sc life coach and i will pop up and i have over 400 videos over these six years i've been doing this you can find a video on ever you could you just watch me blow up grow up in a sense of of just helping and supporting you guys so coach Belize is the way to play you know where to find me um you can find out my get my products from there you can get my book from there if you're looking for a place to get tested at you can get it from there um if you want to book sessions everything you need is from there but if you just want to jump onto youtube since that's your go go place then you just want information and go to youtube and put my name in and you'll find me no problem I just want to say thank you so much for coming on the Happy Single Moms podcast. You have been so amazing, so refreshing. And yeah, if no one has ever thanked you for what, what you're doing, I want to thank, thank you. you wholeheartedly. You are doing an amazing job. Carry thank on you. thriving and being confident and sharing your story and being bold. You know, you don't even need a cape because you're already a superwoman. So come just- on, like, I won't put that. I don't need a cape. I'm already superwoman. Now, if I had that shirt on, I won't put your name on the, you know, at the bottom. I'm like, you, know, you can have it. Line. That's for free. That's... You put a little squiggly line. Nah, girl, gotta get credit. Put a little squiggly line. Listen. But no, this has been a blessing. I hope you guys really um pick some from it. Even if you don't have herpes, I hope it lets you know, even if with you coming here as a single mom and realize you're not by yourself. Yeah. You're yeah. absolutely nobody's ever alone. You just haven't found somebody you related to yet, and that's all. But Thank you so much for this opportunity. Thank you. Have a lovely evening. <laughs> All right. Thank you, love. Thank you. Take care. I'm breaking your arms. I lose control.